0: Welcome to The Friend Zone, presented by TokenSoft. Today, I'm here with Sergey from Axelar. Axelar is a secure cross-chain communication network. And, uh, Sergey, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm excited to learn more.
1: Hey, guys. Great to be here.
0: So, what inspired you to build Axelar? What was sort of the genesis of, of Axelar?
1: Yeah, kind of the genesis was, um, you know, prior to this um I was working on the Algrant protocol and kind of helped to design and uh, take that to the market. And then after we launched it, we saw the need for cross chain communication and connectivity come up over and over again. And, uh, you know, nothing that we could really uh, use or thought would be useful to connect um, Algrand. And then in parallel, we saw an array of other beautiful ecosystems being built and kind of realized that this problem is only going to continue growing over the years and it will be, you know, fundamental to solve it in the right way. And uh, yeah, kind of since then, um, been focusing on this full time.
0: And what are some of the initial use cases that sort of inspired the problem sets here?
1: Yeah, initial use cases are around, uh, you know, kind of a cross-chain DeFi. Right? Um, I think even before we kind of came up with the excellent architecture, the first use case we wanted to solve is like a cross-chain DEX uh, being built where, you know, you can swap arbitrary assets directly with one another. Um, And uh, from there, you can expand to other DeFi applications, right? Cross-chain marketplaces, uh, you know, NFTs, um, you know, payment rails and things like that. And um, yeah, I I would say kind of a lot of those use cases uh, were inspired by um, what we have seen in the DeFi that worked on a single chain, but would be so much better if it was chain agnostic.
0: And in rolling out sort of the infrastructure of Axelar, what are some of the core values that you guys sort of maintain as as you build the tooling?
1: I mean, the first one would be around uh, security and decentralization of the network itself, right? I think a lot of cross-chain protocols you have you see in the market are centralized or you know, multi-sigs. Um, Axelar is uh, based on uh, decentralized technology, right? It's powered by a consensus anybody can join anybody can participate anybody can relay and those are kind of core fundamental properties that we have to you know deliver at the network layer um so anybody can use this technology anybody can you know safely rely on it as uh, as it gets more more usage
0: and cross-chain communications is sort of a you know it's a newer uh concept that sort of came up the past couple years Tell us, and and you know, we've seen we've seen a bunch of different projects approach it in different ways. Can you tell us a little bit more about your your stack at the protocol level, and and how does that how does that work?
1: Yeah, on the protocol level, actually, itself, uh, you can think of it as a blockchain that connects other blockchains, right? So it runs a consensus mechanism, um, which is responsible for process, processing cross chain transactions um, on the chains that we connect. We deploy what we call as a gateway, and you can think of it as a router, and any application or user can send or read a message from this gateway. And then actual network validators collectively monitor these gateways. They then vote on the state of them, and they vote on what needs to happen to the messages from those gateways, right? So if you're sending a message from Ethereum to Avalanche, your application or user will write that message to the gateway. The network validators will pick up that event, vote on it, um, decide where it needs to go, uh, route it, translate it, and then perform a message on the destination gateway, um, on the destination chain, right? So that's the, that's the high level. And then underneath all of this, you have the validators that are running consensus and um, you know, jointly making decisions of what are the cross-chain messages they need to process.
0: And when these validators are validating, what sorts of pieces of information are they validating uh, before a transaction is, you know, marked as as valid?
1: Yeah, so they're voting on um, where the transaction needs to go, right? And, uh, you know, the address and uh, whether or not everybody sees the same state of that transaction, right? Um, you don't want to rely on one validator or one centralized party right, to... You know, declare the truth of a transaction. But you, you know, if you have a large network and you have a consensus, then you can say, I need the majority of these validators to all agree the state of this transfer, right? So you send in, you know, a message from Ethereum to Avalanche, then on Ethereum, um, the corresponding event has been emitted. That event is this call to the gateway, and everybody of one of us or majority of us agree on. Uh, where it needs to go, and that indeed it was emitted, right? That nobody's lying. So that's what they they run this kind of a voting or consensus logic on, and subsequently they kind of process it to be executed on the destination.
0: And you know, when it comes to bridges, there's there's different types of of styles. So there's ones that that you know move assets specifically. Uh, it seems like you guys can sort of encompass anything. You guys also do just general communications. Um, but what are some of the more popular use cases that you're seeing?
1: Yeah, so Axeler can do both, you know, asset transfer, it can do general messages, right? And general messages, what I like to call as, you know, kind of programs that you can ship around, right? And um, perform cross-chain contract calls. Um, and on the application use cases, I would say you know, the early adopters are definitely around uh, asset transfer functionalities, right? So from everyone like Osmosis, that uses accelerator to move funds from different evm chains to its decks and uh, you know allow users to trade there um uh things like uh, cross-chain marketplaces uh you know cross-chain uh liquidity layers like squid um so yeah definitely a lot of kind of a um you know token related uh token transfer related use cases but a lot of them get augmented with this general message passing to deliver. Kind of one-click experience for the user, so that the user doesn't have to you know bridge their token or execute the action themselves on the destination chain so which which i think what kind of makes Axel pretty powerful is that you can in one call you can do both you know an asset transfer and uh, you know contract call um and kind of what we have the logic to to finalize it and execute it
0: does that get packaged as a single transaction or are those Two different transactions that that get sort of validated together.
1: It's a single transaction, yeah. Interesting.
0: That's super cool. And and what are some some of the more popular use cases? Like, what's the uh, what's the leading asset? I guess on and from what chain to what chain?
1: Yeah, right now we're seeing a lot of traffic uh, traffic between Cosmos and EVM chains, and particularly Ethereum. Uh, you know, and I think um, stable coins being one of the dominant. Um, assets that we transfer like USDC back and forth. Um, I think we see it being more, used more and more as a kind of cross chain routing asset, right? Like these tables. And, um, you know, I think there are interesting use cases uh, come from that as well.
0: And Axelar recently announced a uh, closer partnership with USDC. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. With, uh, yeah, kind of circle and, and USDC.
0: Yeah, tell us, tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, so essentially uh, Circle, looking at the cross-chain, you know, uh, paradigm, right, and some of the traction that uh, we and others have been getting, um, you know, is trying to think about how do they can, uh, you know, roll out a more native cross-chain USDC where users don't end up with, uh, you know, multiple versions of the same asset on different chains. And applications can interact with, um, you know, send and receive functionality directly on a smart contract to smart contract, right? So um, they started their work on kind of a bridge for USDC. Um, and uh, what Axler is doing is kind of augmenting this bridge with Axelor general message passing and the rest of the infrastructure to enable these um, one-click experience, experiences, right? To kind of compose DeFi, to perform kind of loans and borrows and things like that. Um, and so you have very strong guarantees that you can get where you know asset transfers have to be validated by you know by circle by Acceler, but you can also leverage you know general message passing through Acceler. you can leverage composite composition with more more chains and uh, you know the rest of the infrastructure stack for those um, one-click experiences. so yeah pretty excited I think this is a, you know really what we call as a kind of composable USdc as a primitive. That you'll be able to use by by combining the two infrastructure stacks.
0: That's amazing. And um, are you seeing direct adoption from exchanges to or other pieces of market infrastructure that's out there?
1: Yeah, um, definitely. I would say uh, you know exchanges and a lot of kind of a payment um, rail companies will probably um, you know adopt this. With exchanges, I think one of the nice things we've actually done is we have this notion of like deposit addresses on the network layer where anybody can interact with these cross-chain primitives directly from exchanges, right? So uh, even on Osmosis, as example, you can get a deposit address, you can withdraw funds from Coinbase, let's say like USDC, and those funds will automatically appear in the Osmosis backend. And you don't have to think about, Paying gas on Ethereum, you know, relaying it, bridging it, or you know, all that stuff kind of goes away out of the window. Um, and so, I think with the native USDC adoption and uh, you know, the bridge getting rolled out, I think this integrations between kind of a traditional uh, crypto companies, um, traditional non-crypto companies, and crypto companies is going to be more and more blend um, through these functionalities.
0: Okay, and when it comes to uh, applications, uh, it sounds like Osmosis is directly integrating you guys. Um, what what other applications are sort of creating direct integrations uh, for, for the cross-chain communications?
1: Yeah, Osmosis, you know, a couple other ones you mentioned, uh, kind of Squid, right, this build uh, cross-chain, um, you know, uh, routing layer um, on top of Axelar Prime is a cross-chain native application for um you know uh boron london um we have kind of cross-chain nfts being launched so mindow uh kind of has shipped uh, a series of nft collections on top of Axelar. um yeah those are like just some of the examples
0: what are some of the secrets to you know sort of enabling that i think crypto in general is just hard to you know early on i remember i had to remake every library I wanted to, to use in my apps. Um, what are you guys doing to sort of make it easy to integrate with Axelar and, and interact with?
1: Yeah, um, what we're doing is on top of the network, we're building what we call as a service layer and SDK layer to make those cross-chain experiences for the users and developers um, very simple, right? So the idea is that when a user goes cross-chain, how do we facilitate the transactions, right? How do we make sure they don't have to pay gas on the destination chain? How do we make sure they don't have to relay? How do we give them accountability um, for their transaction and their execution? And so that's what, what we call as a service layer on top of the network comes in, right? It's you get to execute a transaction, you pay gas only once, and then it will be relayed you can monitor it. You you know exactly where it is. You can you know retry it if it fails. Uh, it will be executed on the destination chain. That you don't have to think about it, right? And so, then it's a really a question of what are these services and what is the simple one-liner you know interface we can extend to the developers to integrate with these services. Um, and so the analogy we like to make is sort of a you know the service layer serves like as a stripe for Web three, right? It's one function call you can use to you know send your transaction cross-chain and you don't have to think about anything else. And the rest of the infrastructure is kind of taken care of on the backend.
0: Can you talk to us a little bit about you know, how the deposit addresses work? Like where are those actually generated and, and how, how do those actually work under the hood?
1: Yeah, so um, the uh, way that they work is that suppose you want to go you know, from a chain a to a chain b you want to transfer a specific asset and you want to send it to a destination address right so that's your intent what we call and then you can call the network and you can ask it could you give me a deposit address um, behind this intent and then the Excel network being a blockchain you know it has intelligence on its own and it will say okay here's a deposit address for the chain that you want to send it from please go ahead and send your funds there directly from, you know, your Coinbase or your dumb wallet, And then as soon as the the funds arrive at this address, the network will map it back to the intent itself, right? And say, oh, okay, these funds arrived to this address. I know where they need to be routed to and the user doesn't have to do anything else. And and then the network will, um, yeah, simply kind of look up that table for the routing of this asset um, and then, you know, execute it uh, subsequently on the backend. So, so the whole point is that the intent is the map to the, to the deposit address on the Axelor kind of chain itself.
0: And is that a like very traditional private public key pair, or how how does that work? Uh,
1: yeah, it, it, it's actually not a private key. Uh, there's no private key, right? It's a um, well, okay. There is a private key behind it, but there is no single individual that owns it right it, it's instead kind of a control by by the whole network itself right and uh you know for um for evm chains it's sort of shared and the ownership of of the private key across all of the axler validators Um, uh, you know same thing for for cosmos chains um so yeah it's not a kind of traditional public private key it's more of the whole network then becomes um, you know, responsible for executing the, this intent and they they collectively can authorize what happened with it. But no no single individual can.
0: Is it is it MPC-based?
1: Uh, well, it, it depends on which chain you connect into, right? Uh, for, uh, yeah, for kind of a EVM chains, there is a, you know, kind of we use the basic multisig implementation and the validators are weighted by, by their stake. For Cosmos chains, actually, there is no key that actually need, need to happen there. It's more like semantically baked at the consensus layer. Um, but actually, nobody owns the private key corresponding to it, so it kind of depends on which chain we connect uh, the the implementation behind this.
0: Okay, that's super cool. That's super interesting. Um, have you seen any interesting use cases that you're excited about that are not, you know, traditional asset transfers?
1: Yeah, I would say the more interesting use cases that I'm super excited about is to kind of exposing or exporting properties of a given chain to other chains, right? Um, So kind of two examples, one uh, kind of osmosis exporting the swap functionality to other ecosystems, right? Um, And uh, there you're really thinking about like osmosis as a, you know, as an object, right? And then you're thinking about how do you expose the API of this object to be available, not just within Cosmos, but also on EVM chains uh, or any other chains that are connected to Axela. So I think that's one, and kind of a more broadly, especially within Cosmos, you have a lot of these application specific chains, right? So for instance, secret network has privacy, right? Uh, And then you ask, how can you make this privacy layer available to other ecosystems uh, through a call of an API? Right, and that's what we're seeing more and more starting to happen through this general message passing paradigm, where chains or applications can export their services to other chains, like privacy-preserving properties, right? Like swaps, um, like trading, or whatever else uh, you know they have behind the scenes. Um, yeah, and, and to me, that's incredibly you know powerful paradigm, which I think will kind of unify the whole ecosystem.
0: So I, I think of, you know, a lot of these protocol level projects in terms of like layers. So it feels like you you guys have built obviously the base protocol layer already. Um, you guys have also built a pretty robust SDK on top. So it's pretty easy to integrate. Uh, what do you see sort of as like the next iteration? Like, what are you excited about, you know, coming up next? Like, where's Axlar going tomorrow?
1: Yeah, a couple of things. A, just kind of scale, right? Uh, we we want to be able to connect uh, you know millions of chains down the lines, and like the stack still needs to work towards that. and so we're going to continue doing work on it. Allowing anybody to permissionlessly onboard themselves um you know and make a new connection is something uh, which we have to continue working to. Two is continue building these um what I call application specific protocols on top of the network, right? So Axel itself provides you with these rails of connectivity. But to make the, the lives of applications even simpler, we have to build application specific protocols, right? So think about like HTTPS on top of TCP IP, right? Or, you know, uh, HTTPS is what we use to transfer on the web right now, right? But it's a application layer protocol that made that possible. That sits on top of the route and, and transport layer protocol. So I think we're starting to identify what those application layer protocols are. You know, some of them around payments, some of them are around liquidity transfer. You know, NFTs and so on and so forth. But I want to see that build, build out more. Um, and I think to me that's that's very very exciting. And then um, yeah, I would say the, the the other thing that I'm super excited about is kind of thinking about at the actual network layer. um, you know, we have this functionality of deposit address that makes deposits seamless and cross chain. Other functionalities are also possible on the Axl network for interoperability, right? So you can actually make make Axel itself have intelligence at the routing layer, right? Um, and uh, put functionality on the Axl network uh, itself. And we've, we've been getting requests from some of the projects that we're integrating with where they say, oh, I would love to, you know, do this, but could you actually like put this logic on Axl and i and i think we're going to start seeing more and more of this where you know this interoperability is not just about the delivery but it's actually has intelligence and logic behind the scenes
0: interesting yeah it's like the uh the intelligence and logic is sort of the superpower of you know that the sort of creates exponentially more use
1: cases i feel like Exactly. Yeah, and that's where you know having Axelar as a blockchain is you know is beneficial, right? Because you can put this logic on chain, and you can you know still execute it in a decentralized way. And then you know I think the power lies in the imaginations of, of some of the developers, like what that could be. What's the Axlar robot? <laughs> um, well, uh, it's the it is uh, you know the, the official team member. And I, and I can't disclose who's behind it. Yeah. I mean, it's a
0: robot, right? It's not a person. What, what, what is, what, what is the, uh, robots? Uh, what does it do? How did it, how, how is was it created? Why
1: is it? Created? Um, well, you know, it it was created through a process <laughs> of, uh, you know, 3d engineering and design, um, behind the scenes, um, and, uh we're just starting to add lot uh you know intelligence to the to the robot let me let me put it this way it's 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 partially um you know uh it, it's still young right it's still a baby and uh um for for us I think it's uh you know the power of kind uh, of connectivity comes through this robot that you know uh flies from one blockchain to another and uh you know connects them all together and it's still in the in the you know in the baby steps <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully the robot will join us on a uh, upcoming episode of The, the Friend Zone.
1: Uh, you don't know who is speaking to you now, do
0: you? <laughs> are you the robot?
1: <laughs> you never know, right?
0: <laughs> so uh, for the developers that are listening out there, what's the uh, best way for them to get started building on Axelar?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, uh go to our docs so docs.axel.dev. Um there is a lot of uh, you know starter guides that uh, we're putting there. There's a lot of uh, YouTube videos that we're we're starting to add. Um you know sign up for Discord. We have a pretty vibrant developer channel there if you have any questions, you know, let us know, but yeah, I would say just start building, right? Like I think it's a new architecture and paradigm shift that we're going through. Um or applications to go cross-chain and uh, you know i think it's it's incredibly exciting to build
0: where's the best place for people to follow uh, axelar on on social media
1: uh, twitter is probably best it's at axelacore uh, as the handle
0: at axelar core yep amazing
1: uh do you guys have a discord we do have a discord yep as well you can uh, find a link through our um website which is
0: Amazing. Sergey, thank you so much for joining uh, and telling us more about Axelar. We really enjoyed having you on today. Awesome, thanks for having me, guys.